Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. All right, can you hear me all right? Good morning, it's good to see all of you. You look fantastic. This side does. Looks really good. No, you all look wonderful, and, and it's a privilege. This is, this is my first time to be at Celebration Church, so I'm, I'm, I'm truly, truly honored. And uh, I, when I was a kid, we moved to San Angelo when I was nine years old, and I left when I was 21 to go to the land that flows with milk and honey called Austin, Texas, and uh, <clears throat> where we celebrate weirdness. So no matter how you feel about either place, it is kind of nice to be in a place that's normal. In its own unique way, for sure. Um, And I am here today with my beautiful wife, Jennifer. I'm so honored that she got to travel with me. She doesn't always get to do that, but she's with me today. The Lord blessed me. You see, when I came to San Angelo, it was the very first time I'd ever laid eyes on a Latina. And I just said, Jesus, give me one of those. And he so graciously blessed my life. Come on, viva la raza, right? Uh, mm-hmm, okay. <clears throat> I, I will tell you, life, life for me has been interesting marrying into the Latino culture um, because I'm an introvert, and, and as an introvert, I, I love my personal space. And what I found about the Latinos is they love my personal space too. <laughs> Been been quite a quite a journey, but I'm grateful God has been so good. You know, you meet those people in your life. You know, the people you're going to get a picture of them as soon as I describe them to you. But you meet those people in your life, and you know, the moment that you met them, that your life just got better. Uh, I feel that way about Brandon and Krista Clark. I know that my life got better the moment I met them. There are people that come to your life that you know bring value to your life and value to your world. And Brandon and Krista Clark are such people. So I would say this to you. If you are visiting today, please do not judge this church by anything I'm about to say. <laughs> come, come back and give, give the, the pastor here a fair shot. I'm going to do my best not to wreck anybody or embarrass my wife by anything that I say, but uh, I do have some things to say, so while we're here, let's say them, right? Okay, I'm going to use a scripture from the book of Hebrews chapter 10. Um, I have favorite passages of scripture that I like to go to. I know some of you in here are the same way. You you, you have those few that you, you just like. You go to them and you just, they always make you feel better just reading those verses of scripture uh, like like Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 says I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength now, those are just good passages of scripture Romans chapter 8 is one of my favorites Romans chapter 5 is one of my Hebrews chapter 10 is one of my favorites but there are 38 39 verses and we don't have time to read all of them so I'm just going to read one we'll save some time The verse I'm going to read is verse 23. 
Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering because God who promised is faithful. Can I pray? Father, we thank you for your presence here because we gathered, you also gathered with us. So we ask you, Lord, to speak to us by your word and by your spirit. Father, I ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to be at work within us so that today we know you better. Lord, we, we don't want to leave here the same, but we came to meet with you. So we ask you, Lord, to show yourself to us and to set our ears to hear, our hearts to receive. Jesus, you are Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. This verse of scripture says that we are to hold fast our confession of hope without wavering. But then it says why we do it. The reason why we hold fast our confession of hope is not because we're just trying to will things to happen. It says we hold fast to our confession of hope because God's faithful. And I want to remind you today, on February the 7th, 2021, God is faithful. You can still have hope today because God is faithful. If 2020 ever made you question that, I would say, come back to this truth. God is faithful. He's faithful. And you can have hope because God is faithful. It's not, I love that it didn't attach my confession of hope to my faithfulness. It attached our confession of hope to God's faithfulness. And he is always faithful. He never lets you down. Now, I will say, I think it's fair to say, he doesn't always work in our time frame. And, and he can take you on a white-knuckle ride like nobody else can. But he's always faithful. And he never lies. He's always faithful. But hope, defined in the scriptures, means an expectation of good or a positive expectation. But this verse tells us that that positive expectation should be something that we say. It's not just something that we feel or something that we think, but it's something that we say. Now, again, here's why that's important for us, the understanding that God is faithful, is because we say it because God is faithful. We don't say it because, again, we're faithful. We say it because he's faithful. We can, so that, that means then that our own actions, our own shortcomings, our own failures do not disqualify us from speaking hope because it's not based on that. It's based on God's faithfulness. And he is faithful, which means that everybody sitting in this room right now, everybody watching online, you are qualified to speak hope because God is faithful. So when we have to declare the positive expectation, the expectation of good things. I, when I, I, I worked here in San Angelo, I don't know if some of you will remember the old Shepherson's Furniture Store. I worked at Shepherson's. I worked in the warehouse and there was this guy that I worked with that every day I walk into work and I would say, hey, how you doing? He's like, I'm terrible and getting worse. <laughs> I kept thinking one of these times he's going to change that, but he just didn't, he never changed. I'm just terrible and getting worse. I would, can I just give you a tip for the day? Stay away from those people. Stay away from those people. You want to be around people with a positive expectation. You want to be around people that when you say, how are you? Oh, man, I'm good. Life's getting better. You want to be saying those kinds of things about your life. The confession of hope matters. 
David when he was facing Goliath before he got the battle to the, the, the moment to fight the battle, he said to King Saul, the God who did deliver me is the God who will. You see, he, he based his confession of hope, of the positive expectation that God would deliver him, he based it on what God had previously done. That God was faithful then, God will be faithful now. God delivered me then, God will deliver me now. And our, again, our confession, not to be repetitive, but to be repetitive, our confession is based on God's faithfulness. If he ever saved you, he'll save you now. If he ever healed you, he'll heal you now. If he ever brought peace, he'll bring peace now. Our confession is the confession of a positive expectation. We get this actually from God himself. He has a positive expectation for you and for me. I think about, I don't know how everybody's family is here, and so I'm going to talk about my family, because if I talk about my family, nobody gets their feelings hurt, right? We'll talk about my family. Now, I want to be very careful, because some of my family is sitting in this room, but not the ones I'm going to be talking about. <laughs> because we're good Christians, and we only talk about people behind their back. <laughs> You know, some of you looking at me like you're Snow White. You're not. You know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> but we, my family, we're originally from Oklahoma. Okay, I, I know that automatically disqualifies me. Just give me a second, okay? <clears throat> we're originally from Oklahoma, and some of our family is um, rough. Rough. You're familiar with the term redneck, right? You know there's that, there's that redneck, that good old boy redneck. You're like, man, I just love this guy. That ain't them. <laughs> They're redneck, but the kind that will kill you, redneck. And they've spent lots of times in various places that, you know, people go to when they do things wrong. And they break the law. And it's a little nerve-wracking. You know, we, we, we as kids were not allowed to spend the night at their houses because you never knew what was going to happen. It was dangerous. Okay, if that's your family, you, you, you will get it. If it's you, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean. But um, as I said, my, my, my wife is Latino and Latina, and, and I'm obviously not. And um, my kids... My kids are confused. <laughs> you know, they're trying to figure out who are they and what culture do they belong to. And they used to just tell people they were khaki. But, <clears throat> but after we went to Oklahoma and I took my kids to Oklahoma, we're in the car. My daughter's about eight years old. She says, Dad, I figured out what we are. I said, what are we? She said, not you, us, kids. We finally have an identity. Mom's Mexican. You're obviously redneck. We're red Mexicans. <laughs> brilliant, actually. That's brilliant, sweetheart. So we're at Oklahoma, okay, and I'm standing out in front of my grandmother's house talking to my grandma's boyfriend. I don't know if everybody else's grandma has a boyfriend, but mine did. <laughs> and I'm talking to grandma's boyfriend, and his name's Jim. And we're... we're just having light conversation, and I, and I, and I see this, this junked car sitting in the front yard, which, which only validates that they're really rednecks. 
you, you, you're only a real redneck if you have a junk car sitting in your front yard with weeds growing around it. This is sitting in front of my grandmother's house, but it belongs to Jim. <clears throat> and I said, Jim, what do you got there? Man, he bowed up. That right there, Brandon, is a 1967 Volkswagen Beetle. <laughs> Evidently, that means something. <laughs> I thought, okay. Great, Jim. Like, what are you going to do with it, Jim? He said, I'm going to fix it up. You ever heard the phrase, like, that thing looks like it needs to be driven off a cliff? This one looked like it already had been. Like, there were pieces missing. But the thing was, all the pieces were in the car. The, pe the outside pieces were inside the car. And he said this. He goes, I'm going to fix it up. It's got all its parts. I'm like, yeah, but they're in the wrong place, Jim. He said, he says this to me, and I'm telling you, I was shocked. He said, Brandon, can you believe that people were going to throw that thing away? I was like, <laughs> I'm stunned, Jim. <laughs> and he said, I told him, no, don't throw that thing away. That thing's in way too good a shape to throw away. And then something hit me. You see, there was a moment in our lives, in our journey, in your journey, where there were people that may have deemed you unworthy. They have, may have deemed you not valuable any longer. They may have deemed you as one who needed to be driven off a cliff. But God from heaven said, no, 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 wait a minute. I, that, that person right there, they're in way too good a shape to throw away. I want them. I want them. There's no condition that you can find yourself in that God is that God loses hope over. He sees you in every condition and he says, I can use that person. I can use that person. I can use that way too good a shape to throw away. Stop listening to those voices that tell you that you're no good. Listen, God says that he has a plan and purpose for every one of us and he has a future and a hope for every one of us because he's thinking good things. So reach out to your own confession of hope. Again, God is faithful. Say the things that you find in God's word God says about you, they're important that you declare what God says. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 12, I didn't give them this scripture, sorry guys, it just came to me, but Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred or hope delayed makes the heart sick. There are times where we hope for things and, and we want things better and it just, it just seems like it's delay after delay after delay after delay. And the Bible is aware of that journey for every human being. The Bible is fully aware of the journey that we go on. And it gives us a scripture that says hope delayed or hope deferred makes the heart sick. God recognizes that when it doesn't happen in the time frame that we want it to happen in, it can be discouraging. But the Bible says, but when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. And it will come. It will come. The Bible tells us you will reap in the time in, in the due time, in the right time, if you just won't faint. Can, can I just say something to you? Can I help you? That's really setting the bar low. God says, you're going you're gonna to reap, everything's going to turn out okay if you just won't faint. Now, I know there is a condition where people faint. And I realize that exists. But most people don't do that very often. So the Bible sets the bar way down here and says, it, all you have to do is just not pass out. 
But actually, one translation says it best. It says, if you just won't lose heart. If you won't let the delay of hope cause your heart to get sick. If you won't lose heart, the desire will come. It will be fulfilled. That thing that you're hoping for with God, that you and God have had conversations about in those private moments, they will come to pass if you will trust the faithfulness of God and continue to speak the positive expectation. If you continue to declare words of hope. I, I, have, I have good news for you, and this is, this, is, this is not deep, but I feel like it is profound at the same time. Everything's going to be okay. God is for you. Everything is going to be okay. The Bible says he's turning things around for your good. He's on your side. Everything is going to be okay. The danger of things like COVID-19 and the events of 2020 is that fear grabs our heart and then COVID goes away and fear remains. One of your great weapons against fear is the confession of hope. To continue to say, it's going to be okay. It, it, it's, not, it's not complicated. You don't have to find fancy words from the scriptures to say these things. A confession of hope just sounds like this. It's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. You're going to turn out just fine. No matter what your husband says or your wife says or your mama says, you're going to turn out just fine. Jeremiah the prophet found himself in a pit at the bottom of the prison where all the excrement ended up. He's in a pit, in a prison, in a city that is under siege with fear of a pandemic happening, disease and famine. And from that place, he says this, Oh, Lord God, there's nothing too hard for you. There's nothing too hard for you. If Jeremiah can say that from the condition that he was in, we can boldly declare today, sitting in this place, we can boldly declare a confession of hope that says, God, there's nothing too difficult for you. There's nothing too hard for you. Everything's going to be okay. You can handle this. You're going to take care of this. I'm not concerned any longer. I turn all my fear, all my worry, all my stress over to you. It's not too hard for you. It's not too hard for you. But a decision has to be made on our part. A choice has to be made. A choice that says, I choose the confession of hope over the confession of fear. I choose the confession of hope over the confession of anxiety. I choose the confession of hope over the confession of worry. There's a really marvelous scripture in the book of Zechariah. I don't always understand everything that comes out of the, the prophets, you know, because they're speaking to specific things in, in, that are going on historically, but, but I think we can understand this one. And it's found in Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 12. And it says this. Turn to the stronghold, speaking of God, telling the people to turn back to him. It says, turn to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Prisoners of hope. And then he goes on, even today do I declare that I will render double to you. One translation says, 
double is coming back. But I love this language. Turn to God, your stronghold, your fortress. One translation says fortress. Turn back to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. You see, of all the things that you and I could find ourselves in prison to, the Bible says there is something that, the, that God actually wants us to be a prisoner of. The Bible talks about freedom. As a matter of fact, the verse before this, the Bible says that, that, that God was breaking them free out of their bondage. He was setting them free. He was setting the prisoner free. But then he makes this statement and says, but I do want you to be imprisoned to something. We can be imprisoned to fear. We can be imprisoned to anxiety. We can be imprisoned to worry. We can be imprisoned to stress. We can be imprisoned to chaos. We can be imprisoned to dysfunction. But God says that I set you free from all that, but there's one thing I want you to do. I want you to walk into the prison cell of hope, and I want you to shut the door and throw away the key and decide today that from this day forward, I choose to be a prisoner of hope. I'm no longer going to be defined by my past. I'm I'm not a prisoner of my past. I'm not a prisoner of my failures. Today, I am a prisoner of hope. I'm a prisoner of a positive expectation, and I am not going to let that go until hope and the confession of my hope becomes the reality of my life. Be a prisoner of hope. Choose today to step in to that prison cell and say, I'm bound forever to a positive expectation. I will only expect good from now on. As I said, God had a positive expectation for you. So let's join him and have a positive, positive expectation. I want to talk to you personally for a moment. about God's love and care and kindness towards you that he demonstrated through his son, Jesus Christ. You see, God loves you. That's the most important thing I think you could get out of today is the very simple truth that God loves you. He loves you so much, the Bible says, that he gave his only son. And whoever, whoever would believe in him would not perish but would have everlasting life. The apostle Peter said it like this, in Acts chapter uh, 10, he said, believe on the Lord Jesus and you will receive the forgiveness and the remission of all your sins. The apostle Paul said it like this in Romans chapter 10, believe on the Lord Jesus and you would be made right with God. It really comes down to one very simple thing and that is faith in Jesus Christ. Eternal life, Forgiveness of sins, being made right with God, takes one thing, faith in Jesus Christ. God's not asking you to jump through hoops. He's not asking you to fix your own life. He recognizes the condition of your life, and he still says, no, way too good a shape to throw away. And what he asks of you is that you believe him. that you would believe him. So I'm going to ask you at this time, if you would just, just, if you want to close your eyes, you can. You want to bow your head, you can. But I want to give anyone here that may, may be sitting in this room today, I want to give you an opportunity 
to invite Jesus Christ into your life to be the Lord and Savior of your life. As I said, it is really about faith. It's about faith. Do you believe this? And that's a choice that you make. And I would, <clears throat> I would say to you, as the Apostle Paul said, I beg you, say yes to Jesus. I implore you, turn your life to God. Real, lasting, true hope comes from him. He is the source. And he wants to be a part of your life. Not so that he can point out every part of your life that's wrong, but so that he can heal and restore, repair and lift you up. As the Bible says, he lifts you out of the pit and sets your feet on solid rock. It's God's desire. But what it takes from you is belief, faith in Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul also told us that we should make a confession of that faith. Then that leads us to salvation. So I want us today to make a confession of faith. But before we do, <clears throat> I believe that I'm talking to certain people in the room. I believe that. And there are some here today that need to say yes to Jesus. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that. But I also want to give you an opportunity, if you have said yes to Jesus, but you found your life got off course, God is a wonderful course corrector. Maybe your life is so far off course, you don't even know where the path is anymore. He has a wonderful reset button called forgiveness that will just start a brand new path for you. I'll say it to you again, you're not too far. You're not too lost, you're not too broken. You haven't made too many mistakes for God to reach you and he wants to reach you right now. And so if that is you in any of those categories to say yes to Jesus for the first time or just to recommit and rededicate and say, I wanna start fresh and new. We're, listen, we're still at the beginning of 2021. Now's a good time to do this. Let's start fresh and new and mark this 2021. Let's, let's declare in faith that the next decade is going to be much better than the previous decade. But if that's you, I want to see you. And I'm going to ask that you would just slip your hand in there. If that's you and you say, I need to turn my life to Jesus. I need to say yes to him. I need to get right. I've wandered off course and I need to get back. Thank you very much. Thank you. Is there anyone else? God bless you. Thank you. Now, I'm going to ask everyone in here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray a prayer, and I'm going to ask you to join me in this prayer. I'm going to ask actually everyone in the room if you would pray this prayer with me, because for many of us, we had a moment just like this, and there were a group of people that prayed with us, a group of people that didn't have to pray the prayer, but they did to show support for us, and I'm asking you to do the same for these that raised their hand. And whether you're accepting Christ for the first time or recommitting your life to him, this prayer is going to include it all. So would you please pray with me? Would you repeat after me? Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus died for me and that he rose from the dead just for me. I invite you to sit on the throne of my heart and be the Lord of my life. Thank you for loving me and for forgiving me. And I will live for you all the days of my life 
In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Now, I, I said a moment ago that, that I'm visiting here, so I'm, I'm just going to take a bold step here for just a second. Okay? If you said yes to Jesus today, let me tell you something. I want to give you a next step. Stay in church. Stay in church. Stay around God's people. Stay under this pastor. Let him teach you. Let him lead you. Let him give you some instruction. Your life's going to get better. Since you said yes to Jesus, your life's going to get better tomorrow and the next day and the next day. doesn't mean you're not going to have challenges, but life's going to get better. You now have an advantage to life. And church is one of the great places that you're trained and taught how to live life to the fullest that Jesus comes to give. And so I would just say, come back to church, okay? If that makes you mad, well, just get mad at me, but still come back and like this guy, okay? All right, would you stand? Again, thank you so much for the privilege. It has really been my honor to be with you today. Thank you for being gracious. Thank you for not walking out when I said I was from Oklahoma. I appreciate that. You've been very kind, and, and I'm truly blessed by your kindness and your graciousness towards me. But I want to pray over you and let you go. Father, we thank you for these people. I thank you, Lord, for this moment. I thank you, Lord, for your word that's been deposited in our hearts that will grow into great, strong, and mighty trees that bear great fruit. According to Psalm 512, I declare that your favor surrounds these people like a shield. And I bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.